You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Lamgoat presents the Van Flip Podcast. What is up? Welcome to this week's episode of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Today, I am joined by Colin Campbell of Colin of Arabia, who just came back out of the out of the woodwork. It seems uh, you guys just released not only your first video in over a decade, but your first uh, new material EP and songs in like over a decade. Um, so yeah, trauma dump, trauma dump just dropped, and you guys are kind of got some shows lined up. But Colin, thanks for spending this Wednesday afternoon with me. It's very nice to uh, be able to be here, uh, free and uh, with you know my own liberty. Um, in the past time since we've been, uh, you know, not putting out records, uh, God knows I spent a little time um, without my own liberty. Um, the, uh, I love that you almost just said I took a trauma dump. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't heard that yet, but the new record is, um, is out. Uh, somebody told me that it's an old man record and, uh, I, I don't know what that meant, but I can only take it as, uh, lyrically this time, um, everything is a lot more introspective than, um, written with hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. like I know what my faults are now. Like I know I'm have shortcomings, but I'm, I'm pretty good at identifying them at this point. Uh, and all my other lyrics are really, uh, rage and reactionary based. So it's the same band. Uh, everyone has gotten better at their instruments, and I think that I've gotten better at writing lyrics. So this is our first shot, you know. The other thing is, if you're a grown-up, things take precedence over art and things we like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I got married. I own a home. Mike has a family. Nick has a job at the airport. The you know, that's the best union you can be in in Massachusetts if you work at the airport. You know, yeah. even baby Mickey. Baby Mickey has a mustache now. And a wife. And some important news to tell everybody on his own time. But, <laughs> everybody, you try real hard to live and life gets in the way. Yeah, you know? no, and that, that does happen. Um, so, it's good to know that not all the time spent away from uh, the quote-unquote hardcore limelight was spent incarcerated or behind, you know, without your own liberties. But uh, was that a big reason as to why the initial kind of like disappearance of Colin of Arabia for, for a couple, like a decade plus? Or is it just because, um, like, you know, you kind of burnt no, out? They were only, no, they're only short spins, but I'm a fucking difficult dude to deal with. I know that. And, um, we actually wrote a bunch of songs about 10 years ago. I wrote eight songs like 10 years ago. Uh, three of those songs became Science of Violence, and then the rest just kind of get shelved and like were shelved. Like, okay, we'll get to them, we'll put them out as something. And my 30s were more wild than my 20s. Like, <laughs> I just. Yeah. I just became like a an uncontrolled beast, like uh, and I. Everybody in the band, I think, the whole time had the willingness to get in the studio and and pump out some new stuff. Um, 
there's also a thing that like sometimes writer's block happens and sometimes I'm, I'm so in the moment that reflecting on it or and I just didn't have it in me I, I couldn't come up with good stuff I felt like and then when you feel like you can't do something well you stop doing it mm. so I stopped writing for a long time um, and that you know has to do with the, the general insane way I viewed myself and my life for so long is that you know, if we're not good at this, I'll just put it on the shelf. We can still play shows. And we've been playing shows. People love yeah. the old stuff. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, it was too difficult to face myself on paper. Like, I'm writing about myself. That's what I write about mostly. You know, I, I do write about, like, social or economic issues whether you want to call it war or being poor or the combination of the two but 70 to 80 percent of the lyrics are about myself and um i guess i couldn't face myself you know i wasn't good at it so what spark what what led to you being able to do it again uh, what, what cleared up all the writer's block or the the blockage from stopping you, you know, moving on with COA. You know, I, I would say this too is when you, I've always kind of worked shit jobs and never wanted to do what I like to do for money because this is a hobby and it'll ruin the hobby if mm. I do it for money. So I've never like explored art as a a means money venture right yeah. it's always a hobby right like i have a band other guys my age like go golfing <laughs> like go skiing like they have expensive hobbies but like this band is my expensive hobby yeah i get it uh, sometimes it pays for itself uh so i was also like kind of like too crazy to stay employed in one place all the time so I'm always scratching by and that takes a lot of fucking energy mm, I yeah I agree uh, I also being poor yeah takes a lot of fucking energy um, and the, the one thing about it is especially for at least in my uh, experience because before lamb goat came around or before you know I started working with lamb goat and then taking it over eventually um, I too was like that to where I was someplace for, I don't know, tops two, three years. And then I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here one way or another. And I just kind of like lost all interest in whatever I was doing, whatever job I was at. And it could have been something <laughs> I was enjoying. It just, I fucking hated it after a certain point. But now doing this, it's completely different. You know, it's, it's uh, the pay is very substantially way less uh, than any other corporate job or any job that I've ever worked. Basically, I get paid way less than I ever have. But, you know, I, I haven't gotten burnt out on it or anything like that. And that and the the whole thing is like being a quote-unquote creative and using like art as a, a means to survive or whatever or to sell your art or in some way. I also had that, uh, you know, had that... in. It just felt because art was so easy, no one would spend money on it. Whatever the, you know, like whether it's design work or art, like you're drawing or writing music or whatever, it just felt like so easy sometimes that, you know, no one would pay for it. And then what, at what the a, time, what a, what, a cor what a corporate word that is, though. Creator. Like, I'm a creator. Like, <laughs> it's art, dude. Call it fucking art. It's art. I'm an artist. I'm a poet. I'm a singer. I write music with my band. You know, it's art. That's yeah. what. All of these things are art. It's art. And we've let... We've become somebody, somebody, some a society that values art by how much can you pump out to stay in the fucking algorithm. Yep. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a different like, world. Like, I, I, a part of us not doing stuff is like, if I'm not in your fucking face being like, we're available, we're available. Look at this fucking dumb fucking thing. Like, look at this dumb thing. Look at this other thing I put no fucking effort into. Look at this thing if I polished, would be great, but it's just okay. Mm. Like, we pump, people are pumping out art. And I don't know. 
there's literally zero value to music. Yeah. Like monetarily. Right, 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 right. And there's like that's where the value is for the listener per se, but you have to do so much more <clears throat> around that. You have to add so much more value to just that that little value. You have to give like clips for the internet or posts and you have to like you said be in everyone's face for the algorithm and it is like a daunting task to where these newer bands the younger bands the kids that grow up in that you know lifestyle of being on the phone or just doing quote-unquote marketing without knowing it for whatever it's second nature to them but for, for other people it's like a hassle and you see people like in bands uh, I've I've noticed a lot in like bands where like they've just like abandoned their Facebook for months at a time. Whereas they might keep like Twitter or Instagram going, uh, they don't keep all of them going. They'll abandon them for you know big lengths of time unless they have like an album cycle coming or something like that, to where they have to you know record labels making them do it. Hey, what's up? It's Lurk. Looks like you're enjoying the podcast. If you are and you like what we're doing here on the Van Flip, why don't you go ahead and pause this, give us a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to. If you want to find out any information on your favorite bands from the hardcore and metal scene, visit lambgoat.com. And to stay in the loop about everything that we post on lambgoat.com, make sure you like us on Facebook and you head over to Twitter and Instagram and follow us at lambgoat. Are you a full-grown adult and you also have a TikTok account? Congrats. Follow us on TikTok as well. You can find us under the username lambgoat.com. That's spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. Head over to our YouTube channel where we have all of these podcasts in video format plus a lot more content that you should check out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and you hit that notification bell so you're always alerted when we upload new content. And last but not least, if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity. And as always, if you need any of the links that pertain to the artists on the show today, Lambgoat, or myself, you can always find them in the description. Thanks for listening to this message. Now let's get back to the show. I mean, there's, there's probably some, uh, there's probably an app that exists where I can go to that app and post, and it will post on all of the social media. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that is. Uh, yeah. they, all, they all act differently yeah. too. So like it doesn't, the same post may not function the same way on all the different platforms because they all have their own, you know, special algorithm quirks. Yeah. Um, no, but what I mean about music being worthless is when I was a child and I went into a thing called a record store, maybe you've heard of it, um, there used to be these stores where they would primarily sell music and maybe they had knickknacks and posters that were also related to music. Um, anyway, it was inside this place called the mall and uh, that had that also that had a bunch of other stores in it for other stuff. And a, a clothes food, and, and a food snacks. court. Food court. We'd all yeah, hang you out might there. even get you might even get uh, an orange juice that was mixed in a blender with some ice and some sugar and some whipped cream on the top. And that's actually called a Julius. But anyway, back to the record store. As a kid, I I come from I what people I guess would consider a middle class home. However, you don't pick up the phone at five thirty at night while we're at dinner because that's the bill collector calling. And we're not dealing with that right now. Mm. So the lights would get shut off, and then my parents would pay the light bill. It was um, like that. Uh, so when it came time for me to want money, they were like, well, go make money. And I got a job as a dishwasher. But spending money, so I went to see Seaweed and and uh, into another one time. And I was young. I think it was 95, maybe 96. And... Uh, I went in and bought the new Into Another record, and it was like 15 bucks or something. But the investment in buying that record made me listen to all the songs and made me appreciate, uh-huh. like, because I paid money for this, and yeah. I don't have, like, a large musical collection. I just really liked this band live. I thought they were really cool. So I got their record, and, you know, 12 songs on the record you know how many are actually good like i'm listening to them all because i want value right for my money yeah i remember being a kid and just like forcing yourself to like the certain records because you had already spent like you know your allowance on something for that week and you didn't want it to be a bust and i remember i I did this one time uh, i went and bought a cd based off of a single that i had heard somewhere all over and uh I ended up, I was so young, I ended up taking it back and returning it. And I was like, I just don't like this CD. And it was like a regular store. It was, uh, the record was Eve 6, whatever. 
<laughs> they're like fucking. Oh, sick! Yeah, <laughs> their main Heart record. Of the Wonder, bro. Yeah, that was the only song that I really was like. I could only vibe with that one, but I, I ended up returning it, and uh, they let me because I was so young. But uh, outside of that, you would buy these records or these CDs, and like, all right, well, I like two songs. So let's see if I can get two more out of it, and then you know, by doing so, you are being, uh, you know. You're you're opening yourself up to that record so much your stuff is getting layered in your brain and it's finally clicking after a while and that happens for like a lot of stuff in our our world of hardcore and metal like the first listen isn't gonna catch you all the time. I mean, it, it at the same time, like I know if you put on cigarette all scratch the surface, I know every word on that whole fucking record. I don't know it off the top of my head, but like I think I bought it in 1997 and listened to it and two other CDs for all of the summer yeah you know um so there's no investment that way so like kids don't feel the need to like really embrace an album uh that's why we only put out seven minutes of music Mm. is because like it's not worth it to me to put out 25 when people are gonna get they're not they're gonna listen to it once maybe you know like yeah i don't know i try to to put my all into we, we try to put our all into every song there's not a song on the record designed to be the B-side, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and... Kids don't even know what a B-side is, or, or what the B-side is these days anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? It's not just it's not just something they're filling up the record, taking up time. Right. The only uh, real intention uh, is to... We, design, we wrote a song about the algorithm designed to fit in the algorithm and then made a... I don't know if you've seen the puppet video. Yep, yep. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we... That song is about the algorithm. It's designed to fit in the algorithm. And then in between the time we wrote it in, like, April and now, Instagram went from a 15-second um, story time to, 30. to a 30-second story time. So we're like, what are we going to fucking fill 15 seconds with? Is that why you're is that what the you intro is for? 14 second song. The dial-up intro is that why that spliced in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we okay. had, yeah, we, yeah. So we get the puppet dial-up. Like, what's old and weird sounding? Like, we can use <laughs> feedback. We can use what? What? What, what can we use? Yeah, that's hilarious. We toyed with doing like, um, you know, like, uh, and like any of uh, the the emergency broadcast noise, like, and then being like. In the event of an emergency, this is a yeah. this has been a test. Emergency broadcast system. Please pay attention for special instructions to follow. Yeah. Like, I, I couldn't find like, I couldn't find one that I liked. Like, uh, like so yeah. So we ended up with the the, the modem dial up uh, sound. Yeah, because it, we had to fill another fifteen seconds. It definitely but works. Back back to the kids. Like, uh, I just hardcore is a youth movement. I don't want to put out too much. And then have people wonder why people don't listen to the B side or don't kids aren't singing along to the newest the, or the latter half of the record or, or something like that. And, and the proof of that is in the play count. Like if you look at bands that put out an entire record, like we can see what your top plays are. You know, like if you have yeah, like oh, uh, well, you get a million on the hit, and then the last record the hit comes up, you know, like, and it has uh, 75,000, and then then that, then the new record underneath it has, like, 50,000. So yeah. the, the proof is in the play count for people enjoying that kind of stuff, and, and you know, I don't know, like, uh, I didn't want to sell too much of my soul and get uh, get disappointed by the reaction to what people weren't interested in. I, yeah, I could see yeah. that. The, another thing, too, about about it is, you know, like, whether like when you're talking about Spotify plays or plays that you can visibly see on the internet or whatnot, um, it made me think about like just you know one song catching for one act, like whether it be on TikTok or uh, any kind of other viral you know media outlet situation. Um, you'd get like these little like on TikTok you can add sounds to your own video and like either lip sync or just have another sound playing. Yeah, like yeah, video. yeah. And so, like, you know, that will make or break a band, too. But the only the, the problem with that is you can have one track just go completely viral, get 
the sound used half a million times plus you know a million plus times and then that song is like your million plus banger on spotify but then you go to the other ones it's like 10k or even less than that on you know songs that you've even put on put out after that viral song so it's a it's weird because it does get you out in front of a lot of people but the staying power of that is I don't necessarily know what the staying power is of if that can equate to anything because yeah you had your like 15 seconds of fame like your song you know like your song says but yeah it's weird I don't know if it's good to go viral and organically going viral is one thing most of the times when you see something like that happen that's not organically going viral anyway there's the, the band's paying someone to review it. The band's paying this person to showcase it. The, or, you know, someone's paying someone to do this, that, or the other. There's a lot of, like, inner workings behind the scene of even, like, our DIY culture. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, like... I mean, you call it DIY culture, but, like, you call it DIY culture. I know what fucking DIY culture is. I do shows in the fucking hall, yeah. okay? Uh, if you your band has an agent... That's no longer DIY, but there are so many of my friends' bands with agents because, like, it's easier to do it that way, and it is easier to do it that way. And, like, there's, like, a lot of, like, hardcore individuals that, you know, are professional hardcore people. Like, hardcore has reached a stage where people can live off of it. Yeah, which is fucking weird to me. It is. Um, you know what I mean, right? No, like, no, I, I get it. It's like I, I, I'm in between where it's like that's cool, but also that sucks. Because like, I yeah, it's cool, but it sucks. Yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah, agreed. it sucks because I'm not fucking one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too, but also it kind of takes away from what I enjoyed the most about getting into hardcore. It was like this smaller, more tight knit, div- uh, diverse group of people that just like this weird type of music. But now you're seeing all these different offshoots of hardcore, hardcore adjacent like shoegaze bands, like uh, fucking Narrowhead, Fiddlehead, One Step Closer. But you're also getting like the more metal thrash and influenced. So it's all over the place, you know, like death metal and hardcore are becoming married a lot with like 200 Stab Wounds and Sanguasugabog and all these other types of adjacent hardcore stuff. It is possible that the hardcore scene and bands can get so big to where they get paid. But again, it's it's cool I mean, but it's off-putting it's cool it's off-putting a but little bit it's yeah i mean I'm, I'm here for it like don't get me wrong i love fucking fiddlehead i think the new turnstile record is fucking cool and they're great hard- they're great things too and i'm not shitting on those the hardcore record no but i think it's great and are they hardcore dudes in 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 in, in, in turnstile definitely uh you know hardcore is so fucking weird because I think, of it, I think of it this way hardcore is a subculture of punk a subculture so it's a box inside of a box that the outside box is designed to be abrasive and hard for people to deal with and some people decided this box is not small enough I want to be in a more abrasive hard to deal with box and that's where hardcore comes from mm. it's like I'm going to be I'm gonna be fucking crazier than these guys who look with these fucking crazy fucking mohawks. I'm gonna be harder than that. And you know, it's uh, I, I never thought it was designed for commercial success. You know, yeah. uh, you never thought it would be bands with Taco Bell and hardcore bands doing promos with Taco Bell and stuff like that. That's that was it's this wild time. It is a wild time right now in reality. Taco Bell tastes like shit. Can we all be? Can we all be clear that like? Dude, I'm gonna catch so much flack for saying that. Taco Bell fucking is gross. Okay, it's fucking cool when I'm fucking hammered at fucking two a.m. It's the only thing open. I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. In Brockton, there's a fucking McDonald's that's open. It's fucking right next to Taco Bell. It's on my way home too. And sure, at two in the morning, fucking hammered, I'll have a fucking gordita supreme or whatever. <laughs> is it that is. the order? But, that's the go-to. <laughs> I don't fucking know what the good order is. I just get up there and I'm like, oh, that looks fucking good. I'm wasted. Give me some of those cinnamon things too. Fuck yeah. 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 I know that I'm getting the cinnamon things in a Baja Blast and I don't know what else. Yeah, those are the go-to staples for anyone that I talk to about 
Taco Bell. I don't even I don't even drink Baja Blast or do the cinnamon cinnamon twist, but I do fuck with Taco Bell pretty heavy. <laughs> hey, how, dude? It's four ingredients. They just give different names yeah, to yeah. the same four things. I'm not out here trying all the stuff. I have like like you. I have an order, or I divert from this order or that order, and that that's basically it for like over a decade at this point. You know what I mean? I haven't de- deviated from that. I, yeah, I don't know what it's a crapshoot what I'm getting when I get up there because I'm like. <sighs> Uh, meat is boiled <laughs> in bags and then served to me. I don't know. It's not been good that you know they, on the internet they show you like some some guy behind the the in the kitchen. He's got like a GoPro on and he's doing videos for his own TikTok or his own social media. So there's so much fast food. Like let, I'm making 30 minutes of fast food today. Videos on YouTube or you know Instagram or whatever. It's kind of off-putting, obviously. So when Taco Bell videos come up, I don't want to know what goes yeah. on behind the fucking shiny aluminum equipment. Yeah. I don't want to fucking know. Yeah, it's it's another I don't world. Want to know how the sausage is made? Sausage tastes fine. I don't want to know how it's made. Yeah. Well, they also have them for McDonald's, your other your your restaurant of choice. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I don't know. Here's the thing: is like around here, there's like really good. Uh, like sub shops and sandwich shops and pizza shops. Uh, yeah. Like I never, like I said, the only time I eat that shit is like there or like I went and I did the interview with Hardlore, uh, and they were like, "Let's go get McDonald's cokes," and I was like, "You know what? Fucking McDonald's coke sounds fucking delicious." Do you so, are, are, do you like Coca Cola? Are you a Coke fan? I'm a Coke Zero guy now. Okay. I, we, we don't we no longer. We no longer have full calorie soda in the house. Ah, I understand. I understand. It gets to a certain level of, you know, uh, yeah, so I, domestication. I like, I like Coca-Cola. Um, I, I like soda. It's delicious. Uh, I do. I do. The thing about, they have this thing with McDonald's Coke, and it's like a thing that they talk about on their podcast. Better. I don't think it is. I think okay. I think the actual Coke that you get from like the can- I, first off, they're all from different plants, so they all taste different. The bottle Coke tastes different. The canned Coke tastes different, and even the, like the Tall Boy canned Cokes taste a little different. Uh, I'm more into the canned Coke guy, even though I don't like aluminum that much. I, you know, I suck it up for the the Coca Cola cans, but I also went a deep down, deep dove into like the McDonald's Coke, and it it has to be in that metal container and all this other stuff or they have they have it in the metal container for a reason but it always is taste mcdonald's coke tasted like um like a rum and coke or a whiskey and coke with diet coke to me that's what it tasted like i I can see that i guess i'm not saying it's a bad thing that's why i think it tastes better i'm not saying it's a bad thing but the worst tasting Coke you'll ever get is from those. I don't know if you have those in th- these in your area, but the freestyle machines that have like you know a touchscreen and you can pick oh, one a of thousand 50. different fucking flavors. Yeah. So any yeah, drink yeah. you any drink you get, you're gonna have four other flavors of whatever drinks in the tube, and, and I can't. Yeah, we can just put vanilla in anything now. Yeah. Like I didn't know vanilla was such a popular flavor that I could have it in my fucking Sprite. Yeah. But. Yeah, no, I don't want it, but you know, to each his own. Um, yeah, yeah. Going back to, I don't want to get too off topic, but you know, we obviously, like I just said prior to the podcast, we can go off topic. But I wanted to ask you a couple of things about like the idea for your fifteen seconds of fame, and and um, wh- like where did that come from, and like how long were you possibly sitting on that idea? Because like it's it's pretty ingenious, uh, you know, like you were saying, it's for the algorithm, it's for like stories or reels or whatever that you would be yeah. able to use uh in well, to just get it in that quick context but like where where yeah where was that birthed and how long were you sitting on that idea for it it comes from like it comes from like oh i don't mind driving my friends around oh yeah why don't you do uber make some money like everything has to be a fucking hustle like they take your hot the modern age is taking my hobbies. Oh, I like making uh, dollhouse furniture. Like, and, and now you have to fucking sell that dollhouse furniture. Like, you don't have to sell fucking everything. Not everything. And artists live in an attention economy. If I'm not pumping out stuff for people to see or hear or or look at other artists that I 
could collaborate with that would be interested in collaborating with me uh, don't I'm off their map mm. so people who I guess do make money you know like if somebody would be interested in working with me it seems like I'm unavailable because I'm not putting out stuff that's I don't think it's very good you know like yeah. shit that's unfinished or 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 like you know phoning it in on things um so that that's where it comes from is that like everything has to be everything you could ever need needs to be linkable and sellable like oh you like everything about me here's the sweater I'm wearing here's who did my hair and here's you know oh, yeah. uh We've we've also gotten. We, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we've started to get press releases of like music videos with those credits late uh, labeled in there, like who did makeup in the video or who did this at the other. No lie, no lie. So um, another thing, Heather is a very good friend of mine. She did uh, the pictures for the POW split, the pictures for the Snitch record. Mm. Um, I've been in a ton of her art, like. Uh, you know, like she makes photos and and stuff. So I've been in a ton of stuff with her, and we're good friends. We work together sparingly, you know, uh, here and there. She actually took the photos for my wedding too, uh, but she's a friend of mine. And uh, so I was like, I got this idea. Do you want to do it? And she makes, she made, she worked with uh, Zuko to do the um, to do the filming mouth video. You just mentioned filming mouth before we got on. Mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Mark, big time, um, and Budway. Uh, but, um, so she, uh, sent me a, a link before and it had like rolling credits and it was just me and her in the studio. Um, also she shot it on a camera that they used to shoot like Saucony, uh, commercials. They were doing like, she has a studio co-op mm. and it was rented out. It was like rented out to the shoe company. And she was like, oh, you mind if I use this camera? And they were like, no. So it's like shot on like a ridiculous fucking corporate camera and uh she made this like you know the things that go like this like yeah you know, the, like roll, the, the, roll, roll credits, credits, yeah. and it's like it's just either her name or my name or her name or my name or her name or my name yeah. so it's just like fucking <laughs> 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 creation Paul Campbell director of photography yeah. Heather McGrath director Heather McGrath puppeteering mm, like you know the the thing about that though I was thinking about the press releases coming with that information and it's like by all means, I definitely am going to credit, uh, like when we get, uh, when we do get press releases and stuff like that, I, I, I want as much information as possible, whether it's like who's producing, recording, engineering, mastering, you know, who did the artwork for the album cover or who directed the video. Those are things I definitely want. I don't need like key grip or like key makeup or, you know, who's the, who's the artist who's the AR, you know, person for that day. I don't need all that, but the good thing is, is that, is that like a thank you list for the video? Like, like I do want to acknowledge all the people that worked on my record all the time. You know, anytime I can, anybody asks about, like I said, you know, 15 seconds of fame, I made the video with Heather, but like, I, of course I want to shout out those people. They really helped bring something, a lot of work into public view. And you know, but like, is it funny? Yeah, it's a metal. It's a hardcore. It's a punk video. Like, is this a bit much? Yeah, it's a bit much. You know, but again, I do. I want to thank those people certainly. Yeah. Do I want? And the other thing is like, what I've run into now is um, dudes who saw my band when they were fifteen or thirty years old, and they're really talented, doing cool stuff. Yeah. And I was cool to them when they were 15 because, you know, nah, I don't really think that I'm the fucking coolest guy, but I, other people sometimes think that. But, uh, you know, they're doing some cool stuff, and then, like, uh, they're the stage manager here or the sound manager, the sound guy here, and they're, like, psyched to work with us, and, and it feels cool that, like, this kid that was just starting out getting into music or, or he's just um, recording bands live on his, 
you know, he's got like a little microphone he hangs in the middle of the room. Yeah. And now he's like a fucking sound engineer and he's doing great. And like, he's a man with a job and, and things he likes doing. Yeah. And, uh, so you never know who you can credit or, or, or talk to that can then turn around and, and help you years later. Um, yeah. The guy who runs We Are Triumphant um, lived in my apartment after after I left my apartment. Uh, we lived in the same, and it's just like a weird little connection I have with him. He like did you like does like sublet it to him, or did you just move out and he just happened to move in? Randomly? We moved out and he happened to move in, but oh. it's like a weird connection that we share, and uh, we're not really into the same things. But he's into like underground music, and now he lives in LA and like bought a house and. I don't know. I follow him on the internet. Like it just, I know what his meager beginnings were because they were also my meager beginnings. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. crazy too. How uh, I mean, <clears throat> I say this all the time. Maybe not on the podcast, but uh, to like my friends and people that I deal with on a day to day basis for Lamb Goat. Like this world is, uh, it's a small world in general, but this little part of the world is so small. Like our little niche, like hardcore metal niche, is. Yeah so small and you'll yeah like you said you meet people 10 years 15 20 years later and they're kind of still doing the same thing but they've they've embedded themselves somewhere along the line in a much higher hierarchy of the scene or uh not not a hierarchy of the scene but like you know they're they're doing something of relevance and prominence in the scene right yeah uh you know, nothing is cooler for me uh, when other singers in hardcore punk bands uh, say that I was an influence on them. And, you know, it's been happening now for like 10 years. Like, oh, that dude, uh, you know, he's great on stage and I like to try to like look like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, you know, I think that uh, everybody, a couple of guys that they do in the form, you know, uh, Mine are Jack Kelly and Henry Rollins. Jack Kelly from Slapshot mm -hmm. and uh, Henry Rollins from Henry Rollins. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, but everybody has a couple of guys. But so, you know, if you can be an influence on somebody, it, it's cool. You know, yeah. sometimes I guess, sometimes I guess I'm a bad influence, but that's all right too. Yeah, well, you can't win them all. But uh, hey, bad boys. How how when you were younger. And you were just getting into booking shows, you know, uh, underground music, things like that. Did you ever think that you'd be doing it at this particular age? Like, did you know, like, this is like, I'm going to adopt this persona, this lifestyle, and this is like, for me, forever? Or is it something that has just always kind of, like you said earlier, been a hobby that... I'm one of those dudes who fucking lived like he was going to die at 30. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I really... Uh, like uh, people all say that, like, or they weren't doing the drugs I was doing, or stealing the cars I was stealing, or yeah. or uh, fucking with the people that I was fucking with. Like, I really meant that. Like, I I wasn't like some twenty seven club type motherfucker, but uh, I spent a good part of my twenties fucking living for thirty. Yeah, and, and then thirties. Uh, you said your thirties were wilder than your twenties, so I can only imagine. Yeah, well. I I learned how to um I, I call it riding the wave in the middle. Like I got to a thing where I would ride too high on the wave and then I would crash and my crash would be really hard and and, and that would be awful. So I would I would learn how to ride the wave I learned how to ride the wave in the middle, but I would still crash and then if that crash lasted, you know, if it was like uh a breakup or like a jail incident or something like that I would just use it as licensed to then just like spiral out of control mm. and then I would uh, enjoy that time spiraling out of control like I'm not fucking answering to fucking no one no one's gonna tell me shit and then fucking 15 days later I'm like in a fucking jail cell <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. my fucking doing or like you know all of a sudden I'm up for four days and I'm like what am I fucking doing I don't even mm. like these people why am I up for four days around them yeah. uh, drugs like so yeah stuff like that you know and and I would lose that job that we talked about that like I've been working there for eight months or a year and then mm. like call me and show up for fucking three days what do you want me to fucking do I like you but I'd be like oh yeah well whatever fuck off 
and there's nothing there's no shortage of work uh from someone who can produce like if you can produce and show up like I'm a, I'm a tradesman you know what i mean i was a carpenter for a really long time i had good skills so like i always find more work always find more work always find more work yeah yeah is and that currently you, sorry what's up no go ahead finish your finish your thought and, and until until i did like a an extended stint um in from august to like February, I think, is when I got out of jail. So that's like, um, five, like five months, six months? Yeah, six months, I think. Yeah, six months. Um, yeah, maybe it was July. I don't remember. Uh, it was like five or six months. And until I came home that time, uh, it really, what really straightened me out is that like people got together for me. Like I had done a lot of good, I guess, in this time for people and whether they like respected me for who i am or i did something you know to help them or to support them along the way um people came together for me my apartment waited for me people mm. kept the rent at my apartment uh fed my cat stayed fed people really uh circled the wagons for me this time and it made my um it made my nature more humble. I became humbled by the people who support me. Yeah. And it was gotta fucking straighten it out. Gotta fucking straighten it out for all those people who gave money or wrote me or da 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 and and you know, so as much as it was time for me to straighten myself out, like I straightened myself out because I couldn't let other people down. Yeah. Was that um and forgive my ignorance, was that your longest time? No. In jail? No, no I did a year. When I was 30. Okay. What I was is, in jail for a year on my 30th birthday. Not fun. Uh, I've been in jail twice, but for very, very, very short periods of time. I think like 24 hours is the longest. But uh, Oh, I mean, those are, those are like a dime. I've probably been in jail 50 fucking times then. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. 24, 40, on the weekend? Well, I mean, I definitely, I think, I think in the last three years, I've probably been in there one time in the last three years. If I, if I think it was three or two years ago, last time, but uh, that was a quick in and out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, luckily, you know, it can't be. I don't want to be thirty-eight at that yeah, time. Yeah. It's probably thirty-eight in jail. You know what I mean? You feel, you feel like Bro, what the fuck? If they told me I was going to jail, for, if they told me I was going for a year for a, to jail for a year right now, you would never hear from me again. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, off yeah. the map. I fucking, I'd be in fucking Mexico, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jail. I'll carry a gun. Tell I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, jail. Yeah. Uh, jail is not fun, but I've heard prison is kind of very relaxed. Although it's more dangerous situation with the people that you're around, but you know, it's, I've been to like real prison. I live in a county. Um, it's stupid. It sucks. Lots of guys in there for like drug shit. Um. I don't know. It's is a depressing it place to be. Oh, it's definitely depressing. Yeah. It's um is it the same? I don't know if the same laws are in your area, but like uh you can stay up to jail for a year and if you're if you have to stay over, then they have to send you to prison or something like that. Like 16 months yeah, would be prison. I think it's two and a half years you can do here oh, wow. in county. Okay. But you can you can either do two and a half years in county or I think after a year you can go to state which i guess is better i guess i i don't really know i know that guys who stay a long time in county are um it's like a suspect move mm, yeah meaning like you did something to somebody upstate that you don't want to see them yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. or you can like, get yeah, or, or you can group. easily get touched you know what i mean yeah yeah uh yeah right somebody's gonna reach if you go to state somebody's gonna reach out and touch you so you're safer in county yeah um I was in the county with a guy who liked that. And he was a real piece of fucking trash. Uh, anyway, what was um, the uh, what was the party favor of choice in your in your heyday or you know whenever? Oh, dude, booze, man, yeah. booze, uh, um, uppers. Uh, I, you know, for me, uh, downers. Um, like I saw people getting real fucked up. Uh, my heyday. 
of of insanity also coincides with the uh, opioid, the birth of the opioid epidemic. Right. Like okay. I came from the military, and dudes I knew were like fucking slamming oxycotton like it was fucking cotton candy. Uh, and you know, I lost a lot of friends and saw guys get really, really fucked up and. For me, that was like a real. Um, uh, that's a hard line. It's like, yeah, dude, I'll do it. I'll fucking start a perk, like, but it's not for fun. It's because my fucking back hurts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uppers, dude, fucking uppers, man, fucking speed, meth, Molly, cocaine, mix it with alcohol. It's fucking delicious. Yeah, like I definitely, yeah, uh, I de- I love smoking weed still, you know, and don't. Don't get me wrong, dude. There's fucking eight ball of cocaine in the fridge right now. Like, uh, I don't do it like I used to do it, but like it's just like the moonlight. Like, you know, dude, we're going out to a party. I might fucking take a little fucking to do. You know, it's all going about pre dessert. I might go to the fucking bathroom after a nice meal. Fucking do a little fucking bump. Just get a little, just, you know, yeah, get a little upped up. Yeah, I, I, totally. As well, long as you, yeah, as long as you can handle it, you know, and just, uh, the problem, I think a lot of it w- for me uh, would be uh, drinking leads to a lot of fucking fun stuff is what I like to call it. I, I call it, I call party, I, I, I call myself party Dave <clears throat> because it's a different, it's a way let loose version of you know who you see now, well, but uh, I'll definitely. All my jail stuff is alcohol related, but all my jail stuff is related to alcohol. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it definitely. Yeah. It's not like I got I got I didn't get thrown in jail because I was drunk, but I get thrown in jail because I was drunk doing this fucking crazy thing. Yeah. No, I definitely. Yeah, I, I have that little run run streak in me as well. At some some point in my thirties. Uh, because I was doing, I was out late a lot, like almost nightly, and I was just in this industry where drinking was a part of the culture, I guess. And uh, at some point, I was like, I should probably like not drink as much because it's like every night thing. And then I gave it up. Uh, I tried to get up for thirty days, and then it ended up being a year, and that fucked my tolerance up completely. Um, like in general, still to this day, it's all fucked up. So I can't drink like I used to at all. But when I do drink it, I revert right back to like, oh, I can drink 12 beers real easy. It's not a problem, but it is a problem after like four or five you know, at this point. So I'm yeah. super lightweight, but party Dave is out and here I am just, you know, I'll, I'll fucking smoke and do all sorts of shit. Like one of my favorite things is to get like super high or to get drunk and then just get super high. And I guess I have the spins is what that is, but you know, you're, you feel, I'm, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and I'm like, whoa, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Nitrous balloons also make me feel like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been to a lot I, of parties will, where people are selling. I will balloons. fucking up some dust off right now. I don't care. Like, oh man, uh, I've, I've fucking the uh, who's that polar bear chick? Uh, I don't know. The chick from uh, feels like yeah, it feels like I'm walking on that chick. I'm feeling like I'm walking yeah, on okay, sunshine. Yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah, yeah. polar bear, but yeah, she yeah, was that, fucking... Uh, again, I'll do that. It does feel like you're walking on sunshine. It's incredible. Uh, I'm going to eat. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. I've never... I never uh, I haven't done a lot of things, that's for sure. Uh, I was also late to smoking weed. I was only like fucking 24 when I tried weed for the first time. Dare, dare fucked me up in the 80s, and it made me like not do anything for a long time, so... Oh, I think I started smoking weed... I was like six, 17 or 18 years old. I, you know, I wasn't like an early bloomer type guy um, like that. But, you know, like one of the songs on the new record is about the opioid epidemic. There, You know, we've had people around the band that, you know, um, have, have been fucked up. And, mm-hmm. and, and some, of the, some of those people are not alive anymore, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, is it, you it, know, it, as much as the drugs and stuff, like... Is your area? Away from that. Yeah, for sure. Is your area of the world one of those areas where they have streets where like people can roll down, roll down the street and film, and it's just like alleyways and streets of like just people all fucked up, like zombies and shit. Like you know, like you, you sometimes you'll see a video of a bad part of a town or whatever. Area of Boston. Uh, there's a specific area of Brockton too, where I where I where I live. live. Um, 
but there's a specific area of Boston. It's an open air drug market. It's called uh, it's called Mass and Casts, mm. and it's where Molina Cast Boulevard and Mass Ave come together. Um, it's uh, the part of town it's in is called New Market, and um, it's right off the highway. It's right next to a giant homeless shelter. Um, uh, Boston Medical Center is is right there. So there's like it's very. Dude, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I live in Florida, so by all means, when you talk about opioid epidemic, oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, fucking, we live it uh, every day <laughs> down here. Oh shit! You know, here's here. You want to hear something that's fucked up about Boston? Is that opioids have such a fucking lock on this area that we don't have meth people? Yeah. Well, everyone, right. everyone started doing like. Uh, I also heard that people stopped doing heroin to do like fentanyl. Because it's way more available and it's way, way why worse. Why is it way more available? Let me ask you why it's way more oh, available. You, why is it way more available? You already know why it's available, big dog. Everyone's pushing that. Prescriptions are just being filled. Like, you know, people are just writing scripts for that. Whether no. It's, Dude, fentanyl is more available than heroin because we just got out of the place militarily. Oh, right, 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 right. Afghanistan. You're right. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You know what I mean? fucking heroin disappeared no shit it fucking disappeared we don't control the fucking supply of it anymore yeah so like so fentanyl's fucking on the street like if people could do heroin they would still just do heroin yeah but i never thought about this? that because i didn't i don't i never really fucking fucked with heroin but yeah you're correct we did pull out of afghanistan i'm sure we're not and heroin dried up immediately yeah we're not getting any more opium or anything like that either probably so no like heroin just dried up that's why everyone's on fentanyl because heroin dried up because the United States got out of Afghanistan. Hmm. Where was it coming from? I'm not like the conspiracy guy. Like, no, no, that's like, a big reason why we were there in general for so long, for sure. Because once they got Bin Laden, I mean, like that was basically the reason we were there. So why were we there afterwards? They're supplying some, some supplying. They're supplying somebody, and you know, it wrecked a lot of lives around here. You know, uh, I have a couple of very good friends who are not with us, yeah. you know. Um, I had a friend, you know, almost say goodbye to me. He's like, he said, like, you know, like, when we were kids, you're always, like, good to me. And, you know, now you're, like, the punkest guy. And, and that's really cool who you've become. And I didn't think about it at the time like that. Uh we were leaving for tour and he said that to me mm. and he's like go fuck kill him out there and i was like all right i'll see you later mm. and then a couple of days later i got the call that he fucking he was dead oh wow I was like I was like wow like it was say i didn't realize it at the time and i don't think i realized it at that time either it took me a longer time to be like oh the things he said to me he was saying goodbye he knew oh yeah he knew he was so yeah 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 yeah, I, but you know, drugs are bad. Okay, say perhaps to drugs, kids. Yeah. You're out there. Perhaps you're out there and you're listening. Say perhaps to drugs. Perhaps. Eh. Just don't go full board. You know, no one wants to go full on. You can dip your toe in the jacuzzi. Just don't dive in head first. You know what I mean? Then you might end up it's like that. You're gonna break your fucking neck, kid. Yeah. I got I got two more questions that I want to ask you real quick before oh, yeah. I cut you loose here because I know you got some. A bit long. Yeah, yeah. I got I got you chatting about everything else um speaking of like drug use and drinking and sh like that for you as a youngster growing up uh being in the hardcore scene and, and in general did you find it hard difficult or weird to intermingle with like such a prominent straight edge audience because like uh, you know back in the day straight edge was i mean it's still pretty prominent but um a you know, lot um, of hardcore was straight edge no no not at all um that's like skinheads too. Like uh, I was never a skinhead, but I always rolled with these dudes. I was never straight edge, and I'd always roll with those dudes. Uh, and they're some of the craziest motherfuckers you know. It's mm. like they're just out here doing it. Um, yeah, that's their drug. <laughs> they're getting crazy yeah, their in real life. Doing it. Mm. Uh, so I, you know, I got respect for that. I think it's cool. And um, you know, I don't know, man. Youth today is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like uh, we just all. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't see them this time around. I've seen them a bunch of times, like since they've been back, you know, doing a reunion show here or there. 
but like it's fucking cool Slapshot is one of my favorite bands like a lot mm-hmm. of his lyrics are about you know not drinking and shit like that fucking so how, as a as a youngster listening to that it didn't influence you at all or didn't like have some kind of weird like good devil bad devil on your shoulder like cause you're partying and you're living that lifestyle but you're also enjoying like your favorite band like you just said is having these like, yeah, like, like, lyrics of the other side I didn't really see it as a rebellion as a, as a rebellion against society. I, I see it as more of like, oh, you're a good boy. <laughs> oh, good boys don't drink. <laughs> I didn't really think of it as like a rebellion against society. I didn't, right. I didn't think about it that way, you know. I was always like, oh, he's a good boy. He doesn't drink. Or like, <laughs> or like, yo, we got a driver. It's true. Yeah. You know, he's gonna roll with us all night. He'll fucking Probably take us home. and be fucking dead. That's good. You know, that sort of thing. The last thing I want to bring up, and we can end on yeah. this. Uh, we can end on this. Power Man Five Thousand. Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, yeah. The band. Yeah, yeah. The band. What about it? Well, I know you guys brought it up because they're kind of from your area, right? Okay. And uh, you brought it up with the Hard Lord guys. Sorry, with Bo and Colin, and they talked about it. Uh, I haven't heard if a lot of people in the hardcore world bring up Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> And there are uh, they were a band that I got into as a very young individual when the new metal movement came, uh, and I know obviously like Spider is related to uh, White Zombie, but uh, you know I didn't know that for a very long time that he was related to White Zombie. I think I knew that uh, at a younger age, but it didn't really click because I wasn't a big I'm not and I currently am not a big Rob or White Zombie fan in general. But that's just me. I mean I. White Zombie is definitely like a breakthrough band for me. Like, mm. uh, something about something must be said for making fun of younger kids who are not into cool shit. Like, you got to get them into cool shit because we're all into fucking dumb shit until we get into cool shit. Yeah, uh, that's why I feel about Power Man Five Thousand. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's definitely like a gateway band for me because um, they played around here a bunch, and it was like they were on one of the. There was like three rock radio stations in Boston. Mm-hmm. There was like the more metal station. There was a regular rock station that would play like I don't know, fucking Pearl Jam and like uh, Nirvana songs and shit like that at that time. Um, and then there was like a, a college rock station, and they did more like um, college rock. You could they would play like a rancid song or something. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. It, it was real Buffalo Tommy. It was like, it was like a lot of like uh, indie rock going on in there. Uh, but they used to do that station. Used to do this thing at the local club uh, that holds five hundred people called Cheap Date Night, and it was always on Wednesdays. And Power Man Five Thousand is one of the shows I saw there, and it was fucking awesome. You know, it's awesome when a band is tight and live and energetic and like. And he fucking hit all those points. Yeah. So I was like, this is fucking cool. This guy looks weird. His name is Spider. How do you get a nickname like Spider? Like, you make it yourself, uh, I think. I think you just yeah, you fucking make it yourself. That's why I fucking call him Arabia. Yeah. Uh, you make it yourself. So um, so I saw them a couple of times, and one time they played in uh, Kenmore Square, where we all was like, uh, we all hang out down that area of town and shit like that. And they like shut down the bus station, and they played in the bus station. Somebody got fucking stabbed. That's pretty hardcore. It was it's fucking crazy. So did they moonlight? I don't know. I got like do they that? do they moonlight in that scene? Like where where do the where do the boys in five? No, dude, they never moonlighted from? in the hardcore scene, as far as I know. Um, they were just strictly like a new metal band, or like a you know. A, it's pretty new metal, dude. It's pretty new metal. Is it? Is it not like? That album, I think the Stars Revolt or whatever that album is, the the main album, I think that's in like the throes of like the beginning. Maybe sure, like maybe. Worlds Collide. Yeah, yeah but maybe. like, hold on, I'm just gonna fucking Fu Manchu was definitely more. Check the Wikipedia you know, machine. Wasn't that more punk? I don't know. I don't know. I was a... all right. Like this fucking uh, ninety one, but like oh yeah. But there's like other bands. Uh, so, um, in the '90s, Boston was really like separated. Mm. What? So it's like these straight edge dudes doing like tenure fighting in my eyes. 
there's like a whole always scene around the Tropic Murphys and the Trouble and Ducky Boys and All System Stop and and the Showcase Showdown like a, like a punk band. So there's like this punk thing going on. Uh, Converge has like a weird Hydra Head mm-hmm. records a crowd going on, and there's like Wonder Drug Records and Wonder Drug Records is like heavy rock for 21 plus types uh i don't know if you've heard scissor fight or mm-hmm. hockey ball yeah um but there's a band and then there's us like fucking oh blood for blood bleh. um <laughs> and uh there's a band on that like on that thing called non-compost mentis and they used, they used to like wear masks and i was just like this band sucks because they wear masks and then i like listen to the songs now when i like put on that but i take out the cd and put in that comp i'm like this band had balls, yeah, like fuck. Right. Yeah. Like pre new metal, like are wearing masks. Like what the fuck is the yeah? Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Before Slipknot did oh, it. Yeah. Before Slipknot made it super cool. Before Slipknot did it. Like made it cool. Don't get me wrong. That first hard. That first Slipknot record is a hardcore record. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of new metal bands, and you know what's what's funny is because I grew up in that and then transitioned to like hardcore metal. I was I came from like rap, new metal hardcore and i mean like as i got older i understand yeah, why yeah, man, that, for, i understand, that nookie, I understand. Yeah, yeah. oh dude You're i'm from Jackson. years old you did it for the nookie I'm don't from, tell me you didn't i'm 40 years old now but yes uh, i also grew up and limp biscuit is yeah still so you currently. grew up in the nookie yeah. yeah yeah and i'm from jacksonville so we're heavy in oh, yeah. block. we're heavy good night i drive i drive over the matthews bridge all the time you know what i mean but uh, uh it, it definitely was one of those things where i found like new metal and those early days of hardcore are so close and a lot of people don't like to admit it but everything's like influenced from rap you know what i mean hardcore is has a big influence on the early days uh, i'm sorry rap has a rap and hip-hop have a huge influence on like hardcore in the early days and it just makes sense but you know i'll, I'll say something like e-town concrete kind of sounds like a little bit like limp biscuit and there are bands that have like il nino right El Nino's first record is like fuck. That's borderline a hardcore record almost. It is a hardcore record. And they you, played that band played hardcore shows. Oh no, for sure, for sure. And then like as I got older, because I didn't understand, I didn't know a lot about the band's history when I was younger. But then as I got older, I'm like, oh, those dudes are in Marauder and all these other fucking bands in New York and shit like that. No wonder it's heavy right. hardcore influence. Yeah. Uh, I, I recently did another interview because uh, I'm kind of doing press for the record, I guess, um, and. Uh, being a hardcore band is way less about the music you make and way more about who is in the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. No, you're not at this point. Like, is Code Orange a hardcore band? Yeah, it's a hardcore band because of who's in the fucking band and where they're fucking from. Is Fiddlehead a hardcore band? Yes, it's a hardcore band because of who they are and where they're from. Is yeah. Turnstile a hardcore band? Yes, because of who they are and where they came from. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna retire all those numbers, okay? Like, right? Yeah, for like, sure. That's a fucking sports team. Those we're jerseys. retiring those fucking numbers. Yeah, those jerseys are definitely going to the rafters. And for some, you know, yeah. it's it's so crazy because they got there at such a different pace than any other legendary band from 20, 30 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, it took that band 20, 30 years to get even remotely. I mean, what's a legendary band from 20, 30 years ago with ties to hardcore? What is it? Sick of it all? I mean, because I'm here to yeah, tell you, yeah. when Sick of it all came through fucking town, it was 20 years ago. 30 years 30 years ago when Sigma all came through town it was like it was like the fucking circus came to town mm. everybody was out fucking yeah. windbreaker jackets with the fucking dragon on them and shit everyone was like fucking that dragon is cool like it's so cool it got ripped off not recently. wrong like this got like ripped. the dragon is cool yeah yeah I was gonna say it's so cool it got ripped off recently I think someone they did yeah, yeah I mean copyright it's on the cover of like Mob Deep records from the 90s too but it's definitely a sick of it all logo mm-hmm. like you know, I don't know. I think I thought that I thought that when that Mob Deep record came out, I thought as a kid that the Alleyway Crew was like a real gang in New York City, <laughs> and like they got dudes from the dudes from Mob Deep. Know the guys from fucking sick of it all. Right, They're right, on right. this fucking gang called fucking Alleyway Crew. And you know that, yeah. that probably was a thing in the eighties too. 
That could have been. Like, I, I mean, but I thought that, like yeah. you know, like I thought that they all—they're all from New York. They fucking know each other. The fucking dragon is a symbol of the fucking crew. It's not just a symbol of the band. And like this, these rappers know this fucking hardcore band because, of course, they do. They're from New York City. Yeah, like New yeah. York City doesn't have eight fucking million people. Yeah, it. everyone knows uh, everybody there. It's no big deal. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I really thought that, like, and that made sick of it all, like more, more cool. Cool to me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fucking the street, they're gangsters. Like they're doing the same things I'm doing. Alan Crew is a real band. Yeah, uh, a real gang, you know. And like, yeah, I don't know. Like, here's the thing: the the internet wasn't there to explain every fucking little inside detail to you. No, didn't exist. Have imagination and not have somebody be like. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, Colin. <laughs> I said that to you nowadays. People would just be like, where the fuck did you come up with that idea? Yeah, right? That's nuts. What conspiracy hole are you diving down? Um, yeah, where did the Sigma all dragon come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the conspiracy we need to fucking get a hard lore episode on. That's what we need to get a hold of. Yeah. Well, Colin, we'll leave it at that. I appreciate you, uh, your time. And like you said, I, I don't think you've done a lot of podcasts. And I could be wrong, but... I no, no, I haven't done a lot of podcasts. Uh, I've been asked a lot, but like staying away from it until you have a reason to do it. Yeah, I get why it. do I want to talk to a stranger? Uh, I don't want to talk to. I don't talk to strangers. Um, uh, I've been staying. I've been staying away from it for a, a good time until like I didn't do that hard door one until we had demos of the record. Mm-hmm. Like I did that because like I'm gonna put a fucking record out. Was that so, like your first podcast? Or did you? Yeah, that's the only yeah. podcast. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only podcast I've done. Oh well, so. then I appreciate you even number wanting two. to do this one. You're number two. You're yeah. number two. You're number two. Uh, yeah, it, Lamb Goat's usually number two, or ends up in the same spot <laughs> ah! as the Lamb as the number two would be. You know, the number two, the number two voice in underground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. Strive to be number uh, two. All right, Colin, I'll cut you loose, and so you can get your real life um, responsibilities. Going. You know, this sounds so crazy. I have to cook dinner. So. Oh, same, same. Thank same. you very much. No, Colin, have a good one. And uh, if you haven't heard it yet, which this episode comes out a couple of weeks, but Trauma Dump just dropped last week, right? Yeah, it dropped for Halloween. Happy yeah. Halloween. Okay, so yeah. So this Monday or, or yesterday it dropped. But uh, check it out, run it up, stream it up. You guys are playing a couple shows coming up, I believe, right? You got a couple. Yeah, yeah. We have America's Hardcore Fest in December. Yep. Uh, at the Middle East. Cool. So. Come see a live show, and uh, we have some special uh, treats planned for that gig as well. All right. Take it easy, Colin. Thank you. Bye. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station. It was a lifestyle. Cleveland is is a rock and roll city for sure. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.